Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. I was really glad last night that I did not watch it live. Why? Because it took me forever to fast forward to it because there was like 15 minutes between every single fight on the undercard. Yeah. So. I hate that. I hate the, um, like, how much. I, I get it. It's a show. They got to get three hours. It just yeah. takes so long, man. Yeah, and it's such a difference from when we first started watching like 20 years ago where everything was a pay-per-view and it just happened when it happened, right? You yeah. had quick pay-per-views. You had really long pay-per-views. The only five rounders were title fights when that happened. Yeah. Not every card had a title fight, you know, and then, but I get it. Cause now, like you said, you have to fill time and it's, Hey, we're starting the main card at seven. So we got to fill these three hours with five fights or and it's six not, fights. Or and whatever it's not a problem. It's just when there's a fight, that's not like, you know, it's just a good back and forth, or whatever middle of the barrel fight. Then you have to wait 20 minutes to get back into it. You're like, Oh man, just get to the next one, you know? And I, and you know, we're in that new age. You don't have to watch commercials on so many things. You have to watch so many commercials. I'm like, I'm tired of seeing the same commercial over and over again. Oh, yeah. And, and there's like some vaccine commercial, Norvax, I think, that just keeps playing like over and over. And yeah. I'm so glad I get a fast forward through yeah. it. Um, but fast forward, watching uh, Michelle Pajeda's middleweight debut Jesus. was like watching a fight on fast forward. He's fucking terrifying. Yeah. First of all, huge huge to be gigantic he's so much bigger than petrosky to to be in 170 up until this point is like ridiculous that power i mean i don't know if he got more power like not having to cut weight he looked phenomenal strong he still looks bouncy fun guy to have in the middleweight division and and petrosky's eaten some shots before Mm -hmm. and that was just one like you're See ya. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, see ya. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> see ya. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, it was like just the second he hit the ground, I was like, oh, he's not defending, right? He's just covering up. It's scary. He looks shocked. He looks shocked. Like, I can't believe I got hit this hard, right? Or if mm-hmm. it's just like a perfect shot. But yeah, it was, it was scary, man. And, and another person to add to the 185. Okay. Sign me up. Yeah. Yes. Another one who's, not going to be ranked and rightfully so because he's had one fight at the weight class. Yeah. But yeah, throw him into the mix now with your Kopolovs, your Pifers, your Nursultan, Roy Jabovs, Kyle Bahalos. Yeah. Right? There, there's so many so interesting fun. fights. And he was like, yeah, I want to fight in a week or two. So if anybody drops out of that uh, Brazil card, even though we already had one that we'll, we'll talk about later, but yeah, turn around, get him on that card. Yeah. I want to see him fight at middleweight again before the end of the year because as we didn't get to see much, but but I liked what I saw. Yeah, get get him to fight again because that was he's always been exciting, but you've always had this kind of thing, even if it wasn't true in some of his fights, that he's going to wear out eventually. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really get to see that, right? We, we, we got to see what you would expect from uh, Michelle Pajeda in the first round of any fight that he's ever been in. But to do that to a middleweight, it's like, okay, well, there's some promise there. Like, let's see what he has. And yeah, it was fun. It was, it was unex- I didn't expect that type of performance, but I was hoping for that type of thing from him because I'm a fan. So it was yeah. cool to watch. Well, and us talking about it is like eight times longer than the actual fight. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. fucking wild. And along the same line, Terrence McKinney. Ooh. The, 
you know, I think every single short notice, like debut fighter has these images in their mind of I'm going to go in there and be Steve Ursig or and I'm the drawing a blank on the name, but the guy that fought Monel cop yeah. a few weeks ago, like everyone thinks they're going to go in and make this big impression and no, there's levels to it. And holy shit. I mean, Terrence McKinney threw one knee and then just like pushed him over and granted Marat's eyes popped back, right? He was looking, but then. Yeah, I mean, he hit him in the back of the head quite a few times, but yeah, he I get him, it. He, he's turtled. Yeah, he hit him in the back of the head, turtle. He did. I mean, it, the referee even announced that the guy's name is Felipe Dos Santos. The Felipe Dos yeah. Santos, that's right. But McKinney just goes in there. He just looks faster. He just looks cleaner. He just looks better. I know it was a ten second. I'm a twenty second fight. Ten seconds he's on the ground, but he just looks more explosive. But that knee, and like you kind of said last night, the knee and shove is like, I got you. It's over. Couple yeah. in the back of the head, but I, it it wasn't going to change it. Of course, yeah. you don't want to see it, but it wasn't like, oh, this changed the fight. It, this guy yeah. was just waiting for the moment of the ref pulling him off. And yes. great, great, quick decision win for, I mean, uh, d- decision. Decision. Win. The opposite of a decision. <laughs> yeah. Great uh, TKO win for McKinney. Second, first round finish in a row. I mean, dude's, dude's crazy, man. The dude has two... 22nd or less knockouts in the UFC. There's yeah. two other guys that have done that. Rumble Johnson, RIP, and yeah. Semi the Jedi. Yeah. Like that's that's it. And so Rumble and a Jedi. Like that, that's the level that that this dude's on. Well, well wait, before you continue, yeah. and he did it against your boy the steamroller. <laughs> yes. You know, Debut steamroller. He, he didn't do it, seven seconds. Yeah, he didn't do it to some. I mean, he's doing this to some guy that we're talking about now that's like, ooh, exciting. He did it to that guy. So good for him. Yes. And he's got 15 wins, all our finishes. 14 of those are in the first round. So stupid. 14. Yeah. This fight lasted 20 seconds. And it was only his fifth shortest fight. <laughs> Dude, he's got a 16 second KO. <laughs> A 17 second KO, a seven second KO. It's like, what yeah. are you, what are you doing, man? What kind of kind of stuff are Fucking you doing? Fucking wild, yeah. So he said, I, I mean, refuse to see a second round, man. I don't want to even see it. Yeah, I mean, must see TV. I would say it'd be fun to watch him fight Drew Dober, but we already saw that, and it was a whole lot of fun. Yeah, right. Like, it, sign me up. And he's obviously is not hurt, so like he's probably gonna fight again yeah. in 2023. His fifth fight. Uh, love it. I'll I'll watch Terrence McKinney fight any day of the week and this is another one where it's like god that was buried on the undercard i know i know wild wild like i hope they fifth fourth fight of that card of the uh, yeah because it was the you had the yoder ducati fight the chris gutierrez fight and then the dixon yep. um yep and then mckinney aliscara yep but yeah, yeah, yeah um and then so going from very quick finishes where there's no controversy whatsoever, yeah. now we'll <laughs> now we'll talk uh, about the main event, Super Sadiq versus Barboza. Now, first thing is, if you're not giving Sadiq a 10-8 in the first round, like I just, how are judges that far off from each other? Because I don't know what else could have been done for that to be a 10-8 in a judge's eyes. So the judge that I mean, gave... if it's Mike Bell, it's a 10-6. He might have stepped in himself and like, stop this. <laughs> yeah, stop um, the fight! <laughs> so Chris Lee was the judge that gave him a 10-7. He should have scored it a 10-8. 10-9, uh, you mean? I'm, I'm sorry, 10-9. Yep. With Biz being talking about the 
Okay, I get where he was coming from. I felt it was 10-8. I feel it's a justified 10-8. Maybe if there were some takedowns with some damage on, on the ground or maybe some mission attempts, maybe then you go 10-7. But 10-8, I don't know what else you need from a 10-8. Barbosa was wobbled. He was hurt. Just because he's a veteran and he's experienced is one of the reasons that, and he's tough, that he that he stayed into the fight. I, I agree with you. I don't. Th- this one has to be gotten right. You have to give that mm-hmm. a 10-8 across the board. But kind of what we talked about last night, it didn't matter. I don't see how you also give Barboza two through five. I don't get it. I I think that I rewatched it this morning. I gave Yusuf round two for sure. You know, mm-hmm. Round three, obviously Barboza. I mean, who does yeah. spinning shit still and like lands it? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's Straight stanky leg. Yeah. Bad. Round four, five. Okay, you can start doing the argument, but round two, I don't know how you don't give it to. Him. He damaged him again. I know if you look at stats, whatever, but I just feel like one and two, then you give it a a draw to give him yeah. four of the five. Oh, how do you feel? I don't like that he got four of the five. I, I wonder how much, and I haven't rewatched it, but I wonder how much of it is the human side of the judges of like, oh shit, this guy was almost out unless you're Chris Lee and you, you thought it was, you know, a close first round. Uh, <laughs> but like, holy shit, this guy's almost out. And now he's pressing the pace in round two. I don't know how much of it was the visual of, and Dom talked about it, that Sadiq's camp openly spoke about it. And Dom is from the the Lloyd Irving camp, trained there for a while. So he's in with those guys. But they said, you know, we are going to blitz round one, get him hurt. And then we're going to have to take a round off to have the gas to go five rounds. But we want to make sure that we damage him early, which is it was all going according to game plan game plan. But I wonder how much of it was the visual of domination. And then now, oh, my God, did he gas himself out? This kind of taking a more reserved uh, approach. He still landed more. He still hurt him. So I don't understand. But I wonder how much of it is that visual. And I'm going to talk more about that when we preview Islam Volk, because I, I do think sometimes the crowd, the and I know it's the apex, no but also here. the the story of the fight, how that impacts judges. And, and I think it really does. And that's fair. I mean, just like we could talk about watching fights on TV, the commentary impacts, and you, mm-hmm. you know, if there's if there seems like not, not saying there's a actual bias but if there's just seems like the commentary just likes another guy or they're just liking what another guy does maybe you're like damn he's doing better but he he had control time against barboza in the second round he outstruck him i mean uh, barboza outstruck him in the body in that round but mm-hmm. outside of that he hurt him again he was still hurt his eye cut open a little bit more i don't even with the story it's like okay but he's still lo- like what did barboza do to win i don't get it rewatching it today i still don't get it but if you give him, if you do say that Yusuf lost three, four, and five, let's say you're just like, I agree <laughs> with it, it, it should be a draw, right? It should be yeah. a draw fight. So hopefully it's not the human element but in the terms that you're saying. Hopefully it's just something that maybe I, not being a professional judge and not seeing, I, but I wanted to make sure before we had this conversation that I wasn't having a bias just because my bias was he got beat up in the first round. So I thought it was going to be done in the second round watching it live. I'm like, can't believe he got out. It's going to be over. Then it kind of didn't happen. I'm like, but he still won. So I want to make sure my bias is away. I feel like I didn't have a bias in watching, rewatching it. Still think he won the second round. But Barboza, I mean, come on. What is he, 39? Is he 37, 39? 37. 
and and this is what this young is, man, yeah, young man. This is what he's doing. Like he's he's grinding out these 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 young fighters and surviving, and then doing what well. in the third round he looked completely different. It was an yeah. amazing. That was an amazing main event. Yeah, it was just the ups and downs. It's one of the reasons we love watching MMA is it can go. It almost reminded me of Frankie Edgar Gray Maynard back in the day where it's like, yo, this dude's almost out. And then that heart shows. Now, it's a little different because I think Frankie Edgar ultimately broke Gray Maynard. And that wasn't what happened here by any means. But one observation, Sadiq is the body. Just the fact that he got kicked and punched over a hundred times to the body, and y'all know me, I love some body work, and it didn't look like it was really adversely affecting him too much, is extraordinarily impressive and speaks to his conditioning. I think worst case scenario, it's a draw. Yeah. To to be honest, best case scenario, Sadiq wins won the fight yeah. closely. Yeah. But there was a question in my mind going into the fourth round because now Sadiq is hurt. At the very end of round three, you have his corner saying, like having to remind him of who he is, giving him that pep talk. Yeah. Right. Not the here's what we need to do, but you're you're fucking super Sadiq. Let's go. Yeah. You know, they, it was taking that kind of so what type of fighter is he? And I think he answered the question to a degree. He came out, he was competitive rounds four and five. I think he could have done a little more round five. Yeah. To be completely honest, it didn't look like he quite emptied the tank. And that's where, you know, Sadiq might end up being a top 10 guy. I don't believe he's going to be a championship guy. And I don't mean that with any disrespect whatsoever. But you look back to like Izzy, round five versus Gastelum, right? Like, I'm prepared well, to die. fuck it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm going out yeah. on my shield. Yeah. Like, where I'm going to put everything I have into this and what happens, happens. And I didn't see that from Sadiq. What I thought I was seeing repeatedly were front kicks to the ouch pouch. The way that he was throwing that front kick to the back leg, yeah. because Barboza, you know, his back, his lead leg was to the camera. It looked like Sadiq was just firing off, on him. <laughs> yeah, just firing off shots to the ouch pouch. I mean, obviously was not happening, but every time he threw it, I was like, oh, God, oh God like, stop the fight, on? guys. Yeah. Um, not cool, butter. To your point about him maybe not being like a championship fighter with the way that he's fighting like this. It, it maybe not, and he, and here's the thing. Maybe I can't imagine what it feels like to be dominating someone standing up so much that maybe his his um like his adrenaline got dumped or whatever. But for Dom to say that they know they were going to take round two off if it got there, that seems to me like some road work might need to be done. You know, not being a fighter, but you hear mm-hmm. it all the time: cardio, cardio, conditioning, do that stuff. Get on, get get on the road and run. So. His post-fight, you know, he looked defeated. He looked like he let people down. Maybe this is one of those turning events where you're fighting and that's in Barbosa. You see what it's like to fight someone that has no quit in them. Because mm-hmm. really what he did is he fought someone that was like, I am not going to give up. You have to put me out. And you didn't put me out, so I'm still in the fight. Great for Barbosa. I mean, can't wait to see him fight again, even though I feel mm-hmm. like ultimately maybe this was a draw, a loss on his side. Sadiq, you know, back to the drawing board. You're you're an exciting fighter. Your first round, obviously, is going to look good. This is five round fight. You went through it. You know what that feels like now. You know the kind of conditioning. It would be nice to have the mental capacity or the mental change to say, I don't need to worry about taking round two off because I'm going hard one through five if it makes it to the fifth round. So we'll see. 
Still, yeah, still and, fantasy deep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That and his right hand is a fucking weapon. Come like on. he was clubbing Come him on. in the first round with it. Yeah, he took, so, some, he took some years off of Barbosa last night for sure. A hundred percent, hundred percent. And the for Barbosa moving forward, though, it's kind of funky because some of the people above him, like Mozart of Loya, have already booked. He's already fought Giga Chikadze, already fought Bryce Mitchell. Does he leap both of those guys and fight Calvin Cater on the comeback? I don't think so. Why but not? Now, Man, that yeah. sounds fun, dude. Yeah, but that's a huge job. He just beat number 11. Now he gets to fight number seven. You know, like I just, I don't, I think he's then fighting above two guys that have beaten him. Yeah, you just think Giga you just, and Bryce Mitchell. You give him those types of fights because it's Barbosa. He's not going to be around. Fair I mean, you do it just based on like, it's Barbosa. I agree. I'm not, I don't disagree with you, but yeah, the only reason you do that is you say, well, Calvin Cater, if you're, if you're, going to still be up here in these rankings, you have to beat Barbosa. Barbosa doesn't want to leave yet. He's not ready to end his career, so go beat him. Hmm. And if you can yep. beat him, good. Yeah, okay. Fair fair enough. Yeah. Let, let's book it. Let's talk to Matchmaker Joe. All right. I'll call him up after this. <laughs> <laughs> and then in our co-main, we had uh, Jennifer Maya versus Viviani Araujo. Yeah, I wish I'd have seen more from Maya, to, yeah. to be completely honest. After what she did to King Casey, it was like, all right, she is... She's going to make that last run, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, you know, hats off to Araujo. It's a win against a top 10 opponent. But from what we've seen in that division, the women's flyweight division, I just, there was nothing in that fight. And I don't, this is no disrespect, but there's nothing that happened in that fight that leads me to believe she's going to beat a Blanchfield. She's going to beat a man on Fior, Shevchenko, Grasso. Like, I, I just don't see her on that level. Plus, She's older. I think she's 37 years old as well, which, you know, for lower weight classes like that, that's not you are definitely on the very tail end of your career. So re really good win for her. I just don't know what happens next. Do they feed her to one of these young killers? Like, I'm I'm just not sure where to go from here with her. Well, we kind of talked about this last week. We said whoever wins this fight, you're going to be fed to the and mm -hmm. and you you this is your last run maya unfortunately might might be done with her title aspiration hopes in the ufc maybe with the exception of a replacement fight for you know she comes in replacement but we talked about that araujo wins okay now what do you do when you are called to to fight these other people the problem is is like you said last night it didn't show anything that makes you be like okay well she can beat the top of the top division and and maybe she can maybe maybe Maya just has something she who says what she can do we'll have to see it to believe it I don't necessarily I'm, I'm with you she's she's in the top 10 now I don't believe she's at the top of the top 10 but who who knows maybe this is a learning experience I just I'm, I'm kind of on the same page with you last night didn't show anything so I, I can't believe that I'm not picking her against Barber or against Andrade well Chikugian, Santos, Fear. I'm not picking her against these women unless she yeah. shows something on the next fight. I don't even know who you match her up with next either. Like, yeah, like, I, mean, I, I like your point, Macy Barber. Cool. Yeah, Macy Barber is is a decent one to like give get Macy Barber an, another. Yeah. Like, here's here's a top ten opponent. You know, Macy, you've you've stumbled in the past. Like, let's see if if this the return to violent Macy is is real. Yeah. Uh, and I had misspoke. Arujo's 36, not 37. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she's she's 
faltered against the top people. She lost to Amanda Heba. She lost to Alexa Grasso. She lost to Caitlin Chukagi, and she lost to Jessica I when Jessica I was one of those top fighters. Like it's just she's faltered when she's gotten to the top. This is her best win to date. And ultimately, I could see the UFC saying, cool, you get Tracy Cortez next. Yeah. Or or you get Natalia Silva next. You're going to get one of these young killers, whether it's a Macy bar, whether it's, you know, one of those and you better beat them. And if you beat one of them, cool. Now we'll talk about you fighting a Tyler Santos. Maybe you get a Chukagian rematch. But yeah, she's going to have to fight a, a top young fighter. We'll see. You know, once again, don't want to take anything away from her. Great yeah. win, uh, but I, I'm interested to see what then the path forward yeah. will be. I agree. And from that to uh, <laughs> another bit long in the tooth fighter, uh, yeah. a little older, but just fun to watch the <laughs> featured prelim. <laughs> we had the damage Darren Elkins versus downtown TJ Brown and just what you want in a featured prelim, yeah. right? Two guys that are just going to put it all out there. There's no illusions that this is for a, a title run or anything like that. It's just two guys looking to throw down the the scrambles that took place. Like, just so much action. I mean, at the start of the second round, you had Darren Elkins flipping off of the cage. It was awesome. Right, in, the, in that scramble. Yeah, it was amazing. It was awesome. Amazing. Watching watching him do his wrestling and his, his scrambles and his ground, it, it's he completely had more control. It, it, it didn't feel like even when he was quote in danger on the ground on his back, it was like nope, I'm gonna figure what he on top. Stand up, not a fan of his stand up, never been, but he did what he had to do. Right, he he got this guy on the ground. T.J. Brown was game. That rear naked choke in the first, you think, oh, do you have it? He doesn't. Then gets him in the third. Okay, so you you now you know what it's like to face the top of the top when it comes to like grappling and, and wrestling. So he has some something to grow on. I mean, El- Elkins just doesn't want to age. He said that he's in his prime. He's not, right? He's just not in his prime in terms yeah. of athletically. But but if you can do that, to, if you can get someone on the ground and it's your it's your world, we know Alpha Male has that. Good for him. It was fun. It was exciting. I There's not too many times where you hear, oh, what a great ground, ground uh, fight. That mm-hmm. was a great ground fight. It was fun. I, I loved it. Elkins, not the best on the mic, but you know, he called out some people, you know, to, mm-hmm. and just say, "I'm not old. I'm I'm ready to fight in March." That's probably the 300 card. So he's trying to get on that. Yeah. I would be I'd yeah. be calling for that too. Pay me. Fun <laughs> yeah. fun fight. Yeah, he's the a fun fight for us to watch. Yeah. He makes it really unfun for his opponents. Yes, like he has that. We've spoken about it previously with Matosh Rambetsky. He just has that style. Where everything he does makes you uncomfortable. Yeah, it's right. Miserable. Like, miserable. Yes, yeah. just shoulder pressure. He does the things that when you're grappling with somebody, you, you like almost get mad at your partner. Not of like they're doing anything dirty, but it's just like, oh god, like this. You know, you're not even doing anything. You're just in half guard, and this sucks. Yeah, well, right? like, like I was on top of that. you. I had you in a better position, and now somehow you're on top. That's got to be frustrating. It just has yes. to be, especially when you're actually fighting and I need this win. And it's like, how are you always on top of me? What is going on, man? It's got to yeah. be frustrating. That, but like you said, a little flip off the off the cage. It was just fun. It was fun to watch. It was, it was exciting. And, and Dom made a good point of he was really excited to see how Elkins got to the wrestling. Because like you said, he doesn't have the most polished yeah. striking game. 
But at the end of the day, he finds a way to get into those grappling exchanges. And it's always like, all right, how, how are we going to get there? And then he's, he's going to test you. I think the Darren Elkins test is a great test for any of these young up and coming fighters. You know, JSP passed it, right? Beat Elkins at his own game kind of thing. It's like, all right, Pierce, you're legit. Yep. You know, you are a legitimate fighter if you can do that. Uh, you know, and very quietly, Elkins is the second most wins in at featherweight in UFC history. Max Holloway is the only one with more wins at featherweight. Yeah, it was just insane. And they showed him break like three records last night. It's like, okay, he's just doing what he does. He's, I mean, experience, long longevity, but you got to give it to him. His 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 ground game is so good that if he can do that to anybody, he's gonna. He, he's never gonna be a champion. I, I don't. I don't believe that yeah. in this in this organization. But he can. He can. He can be the person that says you need to get past me at 39, which is insane to say. Which is he insane. had he has two hours of top control, <laughs> it's not two hours of fight time. It's, when they popped up, I was like, "That's so stupid. <laughs> That's such a goofy stat." <laughs> yes, like yeah. for he's been in so, and doesn't have the best record in the UFC. No, he either, doesn't. But he has been in that cage so many times for so long that he has controlled his opponent for two hours. That's insane. In the That's UFC, insane. yeah. These are professional fighters, and he's like, yeah, I, I got you. It's fine. Yeah, yeah it's, I'll, I want to watch him fight again. 100%. You know, want to see it again. Now, that takes us from the feature prelim to the um, the first fight of that main card. And Cameron Simon, Christian, Trodri- Christian Rodriguez, excuse me. I'm so, it's like bittersweet. Because Christian Rodriguez is so good. Yeah. He's so good. And he just can't fucking beat the scale. Yeah. It's it's one of those things where I have notes where I'm like, it's funny that you just said that because my thing is the same thing. Rodriguez's takedowns, his takedown defense were so good. He's so good, but missing weight. And I'm so glad that both Dom and... Well, Dom said it, Bisbing said it, and then uh, what's the other guy? I can't Brandon even... Fitzgerald. No, 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 no. The um... Dean Thomas. Dean Thomas. Even Dean Thomas is like that's not acceptable, and I love the fact they're doing it because we don't need to have this be a part of like expectations for professional fighters. You missed weight by what three pounds last time, four pounds this time. It's yeah. it's not acceptable, and. It does change the fight. Simon had to do it, so maybe he's a little bit more drained. You didn't want to do it, so you didn't even go through the pressure of it. It's not acceptable, but fuck, is he good? (laughs) Yeah, he's so talented, and then he goes on the mic and apologizes, and it's like the second time in a row. Like, cool, you just put on a great performance for the second time in a row against a very good young prospect. Yep. But the story is you can't make weight. Yep. Right? Like, that is... That is very unfortunate because Cameron Simon is no joke. Like I, that was one of the things as I was watching the fight was he flows so well from the striking to the grappling, his transitions within the grappling. It's like a constant flow. He's so incredibly skilled. And then you have Rodriguez who's able to outskill somebody as skilled as Cameron Simon. And, and it's, it's just disappointing. I, I absolutely, I, Hate's a strong word, but I hate that he keeps missing weight because he could be one of those next guys at Bantamweight, right? Because ultimately, he should right now have the shine of Raul Rosas Jr. Yep. and Cameron Simon, yep. right? Two, like two, he, he, two young young guys, right? But yes, you're absolutely right. He should have that. 
Yes. It should have been like the soul consumption, right? Like old school Mortal Kombat. Like I took your soul. Now I have your powers. But it's not happening because he's missing weight. He should feel embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Well, Bisping was like, you should be ashamed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Um, but but I like the fact that they're trying to because I agree with Izzy. Stop doing 30 percent. Do 90 percent or something ridiculous. 80 percent. Something ridiculous, so people don't want it, or they or they put themselves through it. But to do it back to back, man, back to back is insane. Is yes. insane and and bad yeah. both times. Yeah, and not, it's not, not a half a pound. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it's not like we're talking about Rumble or Michelle Pajeda cutting to one seventy. Yeah, right. We're not talking about a massive guy. He was smaller in the cage than Cameron Simon. And so, yeah, and, it's, I, I want to know, like, what's going on? Is it a are there injuries that he's just like too proud to talk about? So he's not going to say it. And so he's not able to get the road work in. I wouldn't think so I wouldn't think because so it's three of his last four Bantamweight fights. Yeah. Or is there, you know, is there something something else going on? Or is it just a like, hey, I like to party and, and or, eat. And so tough luck or yeah, discipline. It has to mm-hmm. be a discipline issue. But like they said, they're like he's not even, he's not even muscular. It's not even looks like like he looks like he has weight to lose. Why is he mm-hmm. not doing it? And if you're getting the wins, it's, it's like okay, I, I might have to take a little pay cut, but I'm getting the wins. I'm, I'm winning against these guys. It's not fair. It's not cool. It's not something that I want to be okay with. And I'm glad mm-hmm. that they really in the first round. I'm glad they really talked about it. And then third round, they're like, okay, now is Simon going to be more tired because he had to cut the weight? Is Rodriguez going to be more tired because maybe he couldn't get there. But regardless, it was a great win. He looked great. All the things you said about Simon, because we're kind of focused on Rodriguez, but all the things you said about Simon are true. Like when they called him Gumby, you're like, dude, everything he did, he's so slick, but he lost. He just lost against a guy that didn't put in that extra get get down to weight. It's a shame. It sucks. Yeah. And one thing Simon does need to shore up, he gets hit a lot. Yeah. And that's been kind of a thing so far in his UFC career, and it, it kind of came back to bite him this time. But if he shores up that defense, he's so just... He is what people were talking about with Rory McDonald back in the day. Mm. Where it's like, here's somebody who just... It's mixed, it truly mixed martial arts where everything flows together so incredibly well. He's like He is a joy to watch. Yeah. Even though he was losing the fight yesterday, I was like, man, like he's just... Fun. It's fun to watch. Yeah, it's so incredibly skilled. And that's the other thing with Christian Rodriguez, and this is the last I'm going to harp on it. But this is happening at Bantamweight. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? So so you can get cast aside Yeah, because there's so many other prospects. Like, it's different if it's light heavyweight and you're missing weight a couple times because there aren't a ton of prospects. So it's like, hey, we're going to keep giving this guy fights. Yeah. You can't keep having somebody missing weight knocking off your other prospects. So, like, hey, bro, you are in the, I truly believe, the most difficult division in the UFC. Hands down. Yeah, and you're just going to get passed by by these other guys because you can't hit it on the scale. Because could, could you imagine if he made weight both these times? Bro. What what his next fight is? Bro. And and how dare you, Christian Rodriguez, try to, like, muddy the waters of our favorite division? Like, how dare you? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you better respect the division that you're in. You're You're absolutely right. If if he comes into his next fight and it's even a weight issue, I don't honestly for him, 
to prove his point, it has to come in, and he looks great. He looks like weight is not an issue. He's never missed weight in his life. If there is even a weight issue, you got to start imagining the UFC is going to be like, you got to go up. If you don't want to go up, we we can't have you do this because, like you're saying, he's he's young too. I mean, he's tw- wait, isn't he 25? He's young too. Yeah. So he's he's taking away young people, but he's also young himself, and he's so talented. You want to see him fight? We got to have that faith in you. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Staying in the Bantamweight division for our next couple of fights here. Oh, shucks. <laughs> yeah, oh, darn. Uh, Chris Gutierrez just put on a clinic. Just put on a clinic. The hematoma that arose on Alatonghe Lee's calf nice. was so nasty. The fact that they're using the end swell on the calf. I know. <laughs> like, to get and they did out. a really good job on it, too. They did a really yeah, good job. Yeah, until he kicked it again. How? The, here's the thing, and I believe that... I don't remember which commentator said it, but maybe they all talked about it, but the fact that... How do you say his name? Ali Alan Alatung Haley. The fact that he kept trying to push forward and not it, it didn't look like he was bothered by it. It's like, how tough are you? Because you know that because on the other side, we'll talk about a fight that someone did get a lot of leg damage mm-hmm. and couldn't go. And you're like, this guy looks like he has a problem. And he fought all three rounds. Uh it was it was that was an amazing fight. But Gutierrez is a beast. He's a beast. Mm. The factory X. They yep. are making just killers, yep. killers at that gym. It's so, and it's such a unique style because it is truly like a very Muay Thai heavy style. Mm-hmm. And now, Raw Dog Roy Val is more of your scrambly kind of fighter uh, until you know the uh, Mateusz Nikolaou knee right up the middle. Yeah, but he's smaller but, too. Like you usually see that with the smaller fighters, like the yeah, yeah. But they they made a very good point during the Martinez Yanez fight. Of you have Chris Gutierrez and Jonathan Martinez going at each other in in training every day. Scary. So you want to talk about some wild kicking exchanges, and then yeah, you're not going to get into the cage with somebody that kicks better than the person you're you're sparring with every single day. Yeah, and and it's just like okay, cool, iron sharpening iron, yep. even more so, you know. And and all credit to Alatung Hey Lee. You know, this was a short notice fight. Now I know he was prepping for this card, but against a very different fighter and uh Hani Yaya, who's like pure jujitsu specialist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh so unfortunate for him and you know, hats off to him. But really, really impressive showing from Gutierrez. I would like to see the Montel Jackson uh fight go down Friday night. Feel all right. <laughs> Would want to see that fight. If not that, you know, maybe he steps in against a Kyler Phillips, uh, but definitely want to see. Yeah, that would be just flashy and yeah. fun. But Gutierrez is one of those. I'll, I'll watch him fight every single weekend. Yeah, and, and he seems like he's got a good personality. He's got a fun style to watch. It's not like he's got a boring style where he just kicks. and It's not. It's exciting. He's quick. It. Uh, we wanted to see Gutierrez fight. We didn't get to see it last week. Got to see it mm-hmm. this week. I agree with you. I still kind of want to see the Jackson fight, though. Let's just go ahead and line it up. If, if Jackson can fight, Gutierrez, I don't feel like he should have any hard feelings toward it. It wasn't like a – the pullout wasn't a – it, it wasn't a – yeah. It wasn't a miss. Yeah, exactly. Like he got so hurt. It's, it's like go ahead and just see if you can get that fight and then really make it exciting. You guys are prepared for each other. Get to a couple more rounds in camp or a couple more weeks in camp. Let's do that one. Run it back. Or run it for the first time, but you know, run run the shot back, and it'll be a fun fight. Yeah, and another fun fight if you're Jonathan Martinez, not if you're Adrian Yanez. Holy shit, mm. he annihilated his leg, yeah. and it was not what we've seen recently 
in leg kicks, right? Because the trend recently has been the calf kick. Yeah. But Mar- Martinez was going, because it was open stance, going to the front leg. And you want to talk about pinpoint accuracy. Yeah. He kicked on the inside of the knee, like the same spot over and over and over, full force. And I wonder what it is about it, because Dominic Cruz almost seemed like disgusted that Yanez wasn't checking yeah. any of them. But you have to think that's what he was practicing all camp, yeah, right? Absolutely. You're a boxer who's heavy on your front leg fighting a Muay Thai fighter. Yeah. Like you, you're you're going to need to check the kick. So I wonder what it is about Martinez. Where is it timing? Is it just accuracy? And if he gets one, you're compromised kind of thing. Because he just destroyed his leg. He did the same thing to Cub Swanson. Yeah, I know. Cub right? Swanson like, is not a joke either. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a veteran. He's going yes. to check the kick. Right. So the fact that he's able to do it, and he now has two stoppages by leg kicks in the UFC. The only other person to do it is Edson Barbosa, and who's like known as the best leg kicker, yeah, you course. know, in, in modern MMA. Good company. I mean, to just, yeah, exactly. And now all of a sudden Martinez is on a six fight win streak. I know. In the Bantamweight division. And those wins include Cub Swanson and Saeed Nurmagomedov. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. It's uh, his. He's he's got some some really good heads that he's taken off right like mm-hmm. they scalped last night. What first of all, I'm not a fighter, but to not want to switch stances to southpaw is. But then again, I guess the game time decision is like I can't have both legs compromised. He was in so much pain when you can't hide the pain, you're in pain, right? And then when yeah. they finally stopped it in the second round, and he finally got to like let and you see him just like Martinez just. When he saw, it's funny because you know you usually see I wobble somebody and then you kind of like hone in on the on the like knocking them out. He saw that leg hurt. He's like, I'm just gonna keep going for it. Fuck it. Like mm. I don't need to throw hands. I'm gonna stop you. Impressive. It, it, an oh yeah, bantamweight. Okay, okay, yeah. man. Okay, yeah. okay. And you heard what he said post fight. He was he was like, I kind of felt bad. Like the last time I knocked him down before he. Because Bisbang asked him about, like, why didn't you go in and try to finish? Like, that was really good restraint. And he was like, to be honest, like, I, I kind of felt bad, you know, that he was clearly in a lot of pain. Uh, he's, I think, Yanez tweeted out or posted that they're, they have to check out the MCL. The MCL might be torn, which would be a pretty, pretty unfortunate deal because he'd be out for, for a while. But think about that. He's kicking the inside of the knee so hard, he's just tearing ligaments. Yeah. It's that I, I don't know what type of pain that would be. I don't want to know. I can't imagine it's something that, like, when when you see people get stopped from a liver shot, how their body shuts down, his body didn't shut down because he was still game. I mean, he was still trying, Mm -hmm. but at some point, like, when your leg's going stanky leg because you're getting leg kicked, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not, oh, uh, it's not. I don't want to feel that pain ever. Like, I'm not a fighter for a reason. (laughs) I I, I never ever want to feel that. And for some reason, leading up to this fight, just on YouTube, I've seen a couple like uh, videos of people getting kicked by professional fighters and and <laughs> they're going like <laughs> I don't know, 20% of their power and you just see these people like crumble. This guy's not going 20% and he kicked him. How many leg kicks did he get last night? It had to be <laughs> 1 million. I mean, I, yeah, it, too many. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine. Getting hit that many times, leg strikes were, ooh, ooh. Round one was sixteen 15 of twenty three. I see. Oh, and so, then oh, four, fourteen 
in uh, the second round. So he kicked him 29 times. Yeah, 29 of 41 times. <laughs> and, and, and like you're saying, oh, out, out of those 29 landed, what, 20 might have been close to the same spot, if not, you know, like tar- very targeted. Yanez is tough, but y- you only can take so much of that. Yeah. 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 And then you know, Martinez called out Marab. Not Obviously gonna not going to happen. Yeah. yeah. But Marab tweeted afterwards. He was like, I appreciate somebody actually having my name in their mouth because yeah. no one wants to fight me. He said, but get another win and we can talk. Uh, Which is but, fair to say. Fair to say. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Right. I mean, Martinez is ranked 13, just fought down, even though it was one to 14. Yep. But but six fight win streak. He should be fighting up next time. Would love, love, love to see him welcome Umar. Get, get him a second Nurmagomedov off there. Yeah. Uh, plus, because Umar's got a very kick-heavy game, mm-hmm. right? He's not Khabib. He's not just grappling people. So that would be a very, very fun one. Or let Martinez try to get uh, revenge for Chris Gutierrez against uh, the not-so-young Punisher Pedro Munoz. Would I think that would be an absolutely uh, fun fight. And then... What would also be fun would be if you would go over there and hit like, subscribe, follow uh, on your podcast listening service of choice, as well as on X. Make sure you are notified when the episodes drop, when the F updates drop. Uh, And then on X, artist formerly known as Twitter, you'll get the featured prelim poll. You'll get the the fight picks. And you will also, because we do have a pay-per-view Coming up here next week, you will get the live posts during that as well. Sorry, guys. During these fight nights, Daddy Duty does get in the way of that. Got to do a pretty awesome Halloween-themed train ride uh, with my family yesterday that uh, my son was absolutely juiced up about and made sure he went around the restaurant we were eating at afterwards telling everybody that he got a ride on a train so he was juiced up that's what i was doing yeah absolutely so that's what i was doing while the fights were going on Uh, but obviously we have early start time next week and it's a pay-per-view so we'll get those live posts noise and speaking of that pay-per-view ufc 294 in abu dhabi on paper, one of the most exciting, interesting cards that I think we've had in a long time. And that's even after all these crazy changes that yeah, have went, happened it, in it the last It was trying week. to go down as the most cursed card. What, yes. What in the world? Stop. Yes. Stop. <laughs> and and thank you, Volk. Thank you, Usman. Yeah, for, for sure. For, I don't want to say saving this card, but I mean, Got there enough. were three fights on the main card that were altered in the last two weeks. You had the Ikram Alaskarov fight uh, was supposed to be getting a ranked opponent, Nasruddin Imavov. Imavov dropped out. Then you had Dubronx with the cut on his forehead drop out. And then Paulo Costa getting surgery in the middle of camp dropping out. I mean, just a crazy card. But still, every single fight is is just intriguing. There's something about every one. It was the hardest time that I've had trying to figure out who to highlight as a fighter to watch, who to, you know, what fights to highlight. I could have watched 30 hours of fight footage this week, and we could have had a four-hour podcast talking about it all. Yep. Uh, we're not going to, but some of the the fighters that we're not even going to be able to talk about, you know, in our burr, 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 featured prelim, we have the flyweight prospect of prospects and Mohamed Makayev taking on Wiley vet Tim Elliott. We're not even going to be able to talk about that. (laughs) We have prospect Victoria Dudakova, who's undefeated in the UFC, has one fight and totally wrecked the arm of her opponent. Oof. We have Jubilee coming in after winning 
the uh, road to the UFC last year undefeated. Not going to talk about that. We have Cedricus Dumas, who is also a very interesting prospect who shored up one of the holes in his game last night. Not going to talk about him. <laughs> we have Mr. Race to the finish himself, Trevor Peak, coming off the first loss of his career. Are we going to talk Chep, about him? Chep America. No, not going to oh, talk okay, about him. Okay. And then also on the main card, we touched on it briefly already. Saeed Nurmagomedov taking on Muin Gafarov. We're going to talk about We're him? We're going to talk about No, <laughs> come on. And man. that's at Bantamweight. That's at Bantamweight. We're not going to talk about that because we just don't have the time. So so it, what Jared is trying to prepare you guys for is next week we might have to have the time, right? If, if, yes. if it's this exciting of potentials and then this card just blows up, we will be talking long. You guys will have an extended episode. <laughs> we are trying to do your favor this week on – Instead of talking about the potential, but if it comes out that all of these fighters that Jared has to skip because there's other people that he needs to highlight in a little bit more depth, we will be talking about them if these six fighters show up. We will. So excited. Yeah. I mean, that, like I said, every single fight, there's something that is intriguing. Yeah. Right. There, there's no bathroom breaks. I'm just going to be wearing a diaper. <laughs> okay, like, cool, we're, we're, yeah. <laughs> no getting up from that one. So let's do this. Let's talk about some of the fighters you do want to talk about. Okay, we can do that. <laughs> yeah. We can do that. So the first one I want to talk about is Mohammed Naimov mm-hmm. taking on Nathaniel Wood. And normally we'd be talking about Nathaniel Wood because he is 3-0 and in the UFC as a featherweight since moving up from Bantamweight. But we're going to talk about Naimov because here's a man who is and 9-2, seven finishes, four by way of knockout. He made his UFC debut on five days notice up a weight class against Jamie Malarkey and got the TKO in the second round. Mm. Biggest underdog on the card, got the TKO in the second round, had a filthy right hook that dropped Malarkey. His kicking game is just fun to watch, throws spinning shit, had a spinning kick to the body that you saw on Malarkey's face. It's like, ah, <laughs> that hurt. <laughs> so re- just a really Is that the noise ex- that he made, man? <laughs> I think so. It was either that or like, probably more so that than the, ah. <laughs> okay, cool. You know, whatever. Um, one or the other. Yeah. But huge test in Nathaniel Wood, right? I mean, Nathaniel Wood is... A very, very talented fighter. You don't go 3-0 and in the featherweight division in the UFC if you are not talented. What's in- interesting to me about this as well is Naimov fighting out of Tajikistan. His last fight was on the same card as Muin Gafarov. Mm. That fight, it was 4.30 in the morning in Tajikistan, and they had fans in a soccer stadium. Insane. watching these two fighters so cool but yes so the whole like the country's behind them so to have them to on a card in abu dhabi so it's going to be more you know the actual time to be watching fights not 4 30 in the morning <laughs> really really intrigued to see what he does because that is as good of a debut as you can have in the ufc yeah. right you are you lost on the contender series previously you are the biggest underdog on on the card and you come in and, and put away, yeah. uh, you know, a, a guy who's been ranked before at, at lightweight. So really, really impressive. Want to see how he follows that up. A little bit of a different fighter here with our next fighter to watch. And it's at the, you know, mildly talented weight class of Bantamweight. We have Javid Basharat taking on Victor Henry. And realistically, Victor Henry's a prospect in his own right. But we're going to talk about Basharat. He's 14-0, 3-0 in the UFC. He has 11 wins by stoppage. And just... He's one of those guys that you talk about 
when you're talking about the skill that's outside of the UFC at these lower weight classes, because yeah. he came in on the contender series and already looked like a finished product. I mean, he already looked like a guy who's able to step into any other weight class. He would be fighting top 15 guys already, but it's Bantamweight. So to even get into, they could have a top 25 of Bantamweight. Like, yeah. There's just so much talent there. Uh, but he has re- really passed a lot of tests. He took on Tony Gravely, who was a phenomenal wrestler. Great takedown defense against him. Great takedown defense. And then he goes against a Diego Lima, Diego Lima, excuse me, shoot the box fighter and Matos Mendoza who we saw sold out to the leg locks last week, yep. but who is a carries that shoot to box style of just being hyper aggressive. And he bullied him, bullied him. So really, really excited about Javid Basharat because every test he needs to pass, he has passed so far. Now, that being said, Victor Henry is a, is a totally different test. He's fighting guys 23 and six, yeah. right? This is going to be Victor Henry's 30th professional fight. It's going to be, Basharat's 15, twice the experience. Not to mention Victor Henry is coached by the war master himself, Josh Barnett. Yeah, yeah. And and when you see that type of those that type of experience, that's when you might see the Sadif, I mean, versus Sadiq. Uh, yeah, Sadiq versus Barbosa type of thing. So <laughs> it's real, you know, you have to be in there the whole you got to be ready for the whole fight, you know, the, the yes. whole the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then making his UFC debut. And this is one of the most hype, like <sighs> mythical figure type fighters in a long time. And that's Shara Bouton, Magomedov, better known as Shara Bullet. Uh, you guys, if you listen to Joe Rogan, might have heard him talking about the fighter who has one eye. That's mm. not Michael Bisping. That's this guy. And he's uh, no easy task in his first fight. His first fight in the UFC is against Bruno Silva who is a just knockout machine, has put Brad Tavares out, put out Andrew Sanchez, put out Wellington Terman, put out Jordan Wright, took Alex Pajeda to a decision. Insane. 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 Absolutely insane. but still insane. Yes, fought him very, very well. And that's Shara Bullets' debut into the UFC. Now, and he's, I think he's kicking off the prelims that's insane. At 10 in the morning. That's like you are insane. going to witness violence at 10 in the morning. <laughs> You're going to wake up, be prepared. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You better like get your coffee ready because it, it's going to be wild. He's 11 and 0, 10 knockouts in those 11 wins. Now, and he looks like a Bond villain. Like, let's be real. He is an intimidating, he, scary he looking terrifying. human. And, and let's not let, you know, 10 knockouts. One of those was in eight seconds. Another one was in 56 seconds. Another yeah. one was in 43 seconds. This guy's a killer. Yes, he is fucking people up. Yeah. And and not just in the cage. He's like beating people up in shopping malls in, in malls, Dagestan. Yeah. Very, very yeah. bizarre. But uh, he's, he's a Mago Madoff. He's an off. Yes. Yeah. So. And, and he has some he has some other interesting fights. He has kickboxing experience, was a professional kickboxer, uh, but has fought in like Russian organizations where he has... Uh, where like the rules are you can only be on the ground for 30 seconds and they'll stand it up after that. But just it's it's almost a boogeyman type thing because yeah. there's some fights on YouTube, right? Yeah. Like the, yep. of this guy. But from what I've seen has a really good lead sidekick. Uh, you know, he's a kick heavy fighter. His one decision was against an experienced guy. He was 21 and five, Mikhail Ragozin. 
So Bruno Silva is going to be his far and away biggest test to date. And Bruno Silva's one and three in his last four. He he needs this win too. Even though this guy's mm-hmm. not a UFC fighter, if if Bruno Silva comes in and just gets demolished, it's not gonna be a good look, especially mm-hmm. with his, you know, his his record. But if this guy comes in and he looks like Hooper off, you know, <laughs> you know, if he yeah. looks like some of these people. Roman were, Coppola. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Hooper, yeah, Hooper doesn't want to be. Yeah, you're yes. right. Chase Hooper is the American Roman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> apologies, Capalop. Uh, but if he starts looking like that, and the and the way the mystique is around him, like you're saying, is is he he's the boogeyman outside of the UFC. If he comes in and he just shows his ass, and he's got one eyeball, and he has that look, like you're saying, a Bond villain look, it's going to be a problem. Yes, and not shows his ass like John Fury did. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Did, did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, there's like. In the background, while Tommy Fury and KSI were talking shit during like weigh-ins, John Fury, who is a grown man, an old man, is like mooning the camera and yeah, he it wild seems, stuff. It, it, we don't need to talk about it too much, but it seemed like he got even caught up, like making the moment about yeah. him. It, that, that shit was a shit show. Fuck that YouTube boxing shit. It, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just, it's just not fun to to watch. Lame. Getting off of it, going back to yes, to I, talented fighters, and we go from Bond villain, scary. To a guy who doesn't look all that scary, but is horrifying in the cage, and that is Ikram Alaskarov. Now, he was supposed to have a top 15 matchup, and I feel for this guy because was supposed to fight Paulo Costa in July. That got rebooked because Costa was then supposed to fight Hamza Chimaev. Yeah. He was supposed to be fighting number 12, Nasruddin Imovov. Imovov pulled out last week. And so now he's fighting Warley Alves, who has fought his whole career in the UFC at welterweight. Yeah. So very, you know... Ultimately, not as much to prove for Alaskarov, but a great showcase opportunity for him. This fight is still on the main card. I believe it's actually second fight on the main card. Alaskarov, 14 and 1, 10 finishes, even split, 5 and 5, knockouts, 2 submissions. That one loss was to Hamzat. Yeah. And, and it was on like a nasty uppercut. If you guys haven't seen that, go check it out. There's a, a couple different angles on YouTube. Go watch it. It is a filthy knockout. But Alaskarov is horrifying in the cage. He is a scary human being. Um, the second he got Sosa on the ground, I mean, went straight to the Kimura, boom, game over. The, and that was in his contender series fight. What he did to Phil Hawes was scary. He had the kick that Hawes kind of blocked, but you could tell he wasn't all there after that. And then, boom, one, two, right down the pipe. Literally slapped him. Yeah, I mean, Hawes was like snoring asleep it was scary yeah very scary and he's on that outside of the top 15 uh group of people that we're putting that middleweight in so this is a big stage for him if he can go out there and just show up and do something amazing he's gonna start reaching that how we're talking about those people that are right on the Mm -hmm. cusp of starting to fight in the top 15 and this is some guy that obviously we're we're seeing in the future in our minds he's going to be a top 15 fighter no doubt Oh, 100%. When you look at the bookings of they were going to put him against top five Costa. Yeah. They were going to put him against top 15 Imovov. Yep. Like those those fights were signed. Yep. Right. That lets you know what they think of yep. him. They're, they're viewing him a little differently than Pfeiffer. Yep. Than Bo Nickel. Than even Roman Kopilov. Right. They're viewing him a little different. They're trying to give this they guy think he's ready. big time fights. Yeah. yeah exactly. And he is 30 years old. Yep. He's, you know, he's a little, little further along in his career than some of those other guys. But yeah, really, really excited to see that fight. 
And then that takes us to our fights to watch where the top three on the main card are just amazing, amazing fights. At light heavyweight, we get Magomed Ankalaev taking on Johnny Walker. And I want to, one of the things that's the most intriguing about this to me is the resurgence of Johnny Walker. Yeah, I know. Right? There was a time with him where I think he was one in three in four fights. Yeah. No, sorry. He was one in four in five fights. Mm. Right? He had come off that, uh, threw his shoulder out doing the worm after beating Misha Serkinov. And then really dumb. Goes and loses to Corey Anderson. Nikita Krylov has a under three minute war with Ryan Spann where he got hurt, but ultimately ended up getting the win. Loses a relatively boring decision to Tiago Santos where he just looked timid and then gets shut off by Jamal Hill. And here was a guy that people were talking about way back when of Johnny Walker might challenge John Jones, right? That was, that was the talk for a little bit there, but then to see him come back against young Kutalaba, Paul Craig and Anthony Smith, I mean, and all three great performances, two of those first round finishes and he's having fun again. Yeah. Right. He's out there. He's dancing to the cage. He did the worm after the Paul Craig fight, but didn't drop from standing. He went down (laughs) to his knees. It was kind of funny. But he's evolved. He's he now has this really interesting blend of tactics and being calm, like he was against Tiago Santos, but also the violence yep. that he brought in his previous fights. And I think that was showcased best against Anthony Smith. I was just and Dana say- White hated it and talked a bunch of shit to him about it. But but the thing is, is, he beat Anthony Smith, who we've talked about in that division, is someone that you have to beat to get to that next level. Anthony Smith just, he hasn't fallen off yet. He beat Anthony Smith. Yeah, you want to talk shit? Fine, whatever. I won. I won. Mm-hmm. I got a name like Anthony Smith under my, you know, it's it's a good name. What I like the most that you said, though, is it looks like he's having fun. And it seems like this guy needs to be having fun, too be loose and to be effective. And if he's having fun, well, then this is an amazing matchup. This is an amazing matchup. Yes. What, I mean, what he did in that Anthony Smith fight just broke him down with, with the leg kicks. Uh, And, you know, Dana White said that he didn't try to finish. He's throwing flying knees in the final seconds of the fight. Like he's trying to get the finish, but also you have Anthony Smith who's willing to stand there and eat a calf kick and fire back at you. Right. And, Johnny Walker isn't a guy that's never been shut off before. Like that has to be in your mind of, Hey, I got to mind my P's and Q's because it can happen. I know it can happen. It has happened. There's a wild, wild video of Johnny Walker back when he was on the regional scene where he gets knocked out twice in the same fight. He gets like knocked out where he's like going down, gets hit and like wakes back up and then gets knocked out. It's insane. Mm. Um, But yeah, look it up on YouTube because it is wild. But now standing across from him is a killer, killer. Who's also also fight Anthony Smith and different result, you know? Yes, very different result. He's Ankalaev. I hate that the the Blahovich fight played out the way it did. Yeah. Because like rewatching that fight, Ankalaev got his legs, both of them destroyed. I mean, he looked great in the first round. Got both legs destroyed from about halfway round two through round three, and then made the adjustment he needed to make. Yep. Like, hey, I can't stand with this guy because he doesn't give a shit. He's going to go Scottish shin kicking and just like he doesn't mind going shin to shin because his bones are stronger than mine. Mm-hmm. He made the adjustment and started taking him down. Yeah. 
And his ground and pound in the fifth round was impressive. He has very, for somebody who's known for his kicking game, his ground and pound is, is impressive. What he did to Anthony Smith, what he did to Blahovich in the fifth round. And, and you couple that with the, oh, I also have a lightning fast left high kick. So I'm going to throw that out there. I can take you down. I can wrestle. And when I put you on the ground, I can hurt you. So re-watch, you rewatching the fight, what do you think about the result? Uh, you know, it came out to be, mm-hmm. what it was a split draw, I believe. Yeah. What do you feel rewatching it, kind of having that information? Was it still a split draw? Did did Blockwitch kind of take over? Did Ankalaev? How do you? I feel? I thought Ankalaev won. Okay. I thought Ankalaev won rounds one, four, and five. Blahovich got two and three. You know, maybe you could give Blahovich a ten eight in round three, uh, just because of the. You thought Ankalaev won one, four, and five because there everybody. On this, all the mm-hmm. three judges said that Blockovich won one. I haven't rewatched the fight, so I don't remember it. One was a was a close round. Okay, I thought it's it's hard to say because Blahovich was was getting leg kicks right. Yeah. He was he was scoring with that, but Uncle Live was letting the hands go. The head kick was coming up there. Even I mean, a blocked head kick is still a baseball bat to your to your forearm. Oh yeah, it's no fun. And, yeah. and I don't remember the fight as especially as fresh as you watching it this week, mm-hmm. but I do remember what I felt like was block which one wanted to, but I could just be remembering, you know, like how you remember things a little bit, a little oddly. But anyways, yeah, it, but but that's the thing. Ankalaev is that guy that his split draw was against Blockwitch. Okay, that's not anything to scoff at. That's who this guy mm-hmm. is. Is he's uh, Blockwitch was a champion, and he's mm-hmm. still being considered. As fighting for the championship, if he gets one or two, go- I mean, that's who this guy yeah. is. It's insane. Yeah, I mean, Uncle Live has one loss, and it was a last-second hail mary triangle by Paul Craig, mm-hmm. where he, I mean, he won for fourteen minutes and fifty-nine seconds. I mean, literally last second, and it comes from an experience, right? Like Uncle Live, if he knows he's one more second, and then he wins the fight. Yeah, right. So that. Yeah, Uncle Live gets a bum rap because of the Blahovich fight, but I, I, even that, I think it's the visual of like the legs being wobbly. I thought he he won the fight. He landed more in the first round. Like I just, I thought that was his fight. And and it's that recency bias shit where you don't remember everything else this guy's done. You're just gonna remember this yeah. last fight that you know Dana White can come out and they can change the narrative. But this mm-hmm. is gonna be violence, and this is this is has to be something where Uncle Live has to be looking like, okay, my next shot's going to be title shot soon. With that division, who knows, right? Who knows who's yeah. going to get title shots, so why not me? Yeah, I I think I think he's, unfortunately for him, one fight away, depending on how long it takes for Jamal Hill to get back. Jamal Hill's going to get the shot when he comes back. I agree. Uh, and they're giving it to Poetan, which I don't agree with. I agree with that, too. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, I think Ankalaev, if he wins this fight, should get the shot against Yuri, but just ultimately didn't line up. They're not going to do it, uh, but I think I think winner of this fight could potentially stay on the sidelines to see what happens with Jamal Hill if he can't get back. Be there. I also think winner of this fight will probably be the alternate if they so choose. Well, isn't or, Jamal Hill? Wasn't his injury enough to be like out a year at least? Yeah, so I could see another two hundred five championship fight before he gets back. Right? I I yeah. think so, but but you just never know with how things are going to line Fair. up. You know, does the winner of Yuri Poetan? Are they going to be able to fight again yeah. within the next five months? <laughs> you I know, because that is 
that is going to be a violent, violent encounter. But really good to see Johnny Walker back in a fight that's essentially a number one contender fight, yep. you know. And then Ankalaev, he's just good. <laughs> and I, I want to see him get back to that because you look at his record. He's beaten Kutalaba. He's beaten Nikita Krylov, which is a very good win. Beaten Volkan Ozdemir, beaten Tiago Santos, Santos, beaten Anthony Smith, draw against Blahovich. I thought he won. Like the guy is so talented. So really excited for the winner of this fight to see, you know, what's what's next for them. He's clearly ranked number two in the division for a fucking reason. This is yes. this is why I'm just saying, like, yeah, with Jamal Hill, everything you're saying is true if he can get back. But if not, who more do you want to see fight for the belt next? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, like, ultimately, you're telling me you wouldn't want to if Johnny Walker wins. You wouldn't want to see, and if Yuri wins, can you imagine a fight between oh Yuri and Johnny God. Walker? It'd be strange. <laughs> it would be like, very bizarre. <laughs> there would be weird stuff happening lead up to the fight and in the cage after the fight. Yeah. So yeah, there's some exciting things at light heavyweight mm-hmm. now, which is always good to see divisions rebound yep. and, and start to be fun. And then we're just going to go right into our co-main. It was supposed to be Hamza Chimaya versus Paulo Costa. I'm more excited by this fight with it being Kamaru Usman. I don't see uh, why we are going to argue about this right now. <laughs> why? Why are you not? Because more I don't. Uh, Hamzat is not going back to, down to 170. I don't need to see him fight anybody outside of 185 if we want to believe in him. Especially the reason why I'm not excited about. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm so stoked for this fight, but with title implications on the line, you're getting a guy that beating Usman is no joke even if it's in a different division. But you're going to give him a title shot. You're going to give Hamzat a title shot, a guy that couldn't make weight, has messed up um, some of your prior events, that has all the potential in the world. I want to see him fight. He's going to get a title shot off of this. I think it's a little goofy. But if we're talking about the matchup, if you have full fight camps and both of these fights were announced at the same time, we have a what-if machine, would you rather have Usman and Hamzat fight at 185 or Hamzat and Costa Costa fight, but Usman's going to come up to 185. I think the thing that's not getting me as excited as I could be is that he's fighting a 170-er, so if he wins, you're happy with him getting the title shot off of beating Usman? For real? Are you really? Two different questions. You're two different questions. (laughs) I don't believe the winner of this fight deserves a title shot. At all. At all. At all. Yes, 100%. Don't, Don't agree with that, especially in the division that is starting to get very exciting again with Strickland's win. You still have Drickus out there. I mean, Bobby Knuckles, when he comes back, yeah. still more deserving, even coming off of the worst beating of his career, yep. still more deserving than the winner of this fight. So th- I understand that argument. But from an actual fight standpoint, this is a much more intriguing fight. If this fight takes place two years ago at 170, where I mean, people what at yeah, 170, yeah, 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 yeah. of course, 100%. But Usman has as many wins out against current 185 fighters, actually, has more wins against current 185 fighters in the UFC than Paulo Costa does. Yeah, and and I, I totally get that. Listen, <laughs> Paulo Costa, the only thing that I want to see him versus Hamzat is because he's a true 185 er, that's where he fights and he's big. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's Paulo Costa, even though his. His record might not express. He's a 185er, but I'd rather. I mean, if if we're gonna do this fight, 
just have it be a fight. Why do, why do we have to have, unless they're trying to get us more excited for it, why not just say Hamzat does this? If Hamzat wins, then he'll fight a cannoneer next or something crazy mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. This fight is amazing. I don't want to downplay the fight. I'm going to be stoked for it. I can't wait to see Hamzat back. I can't wait to see what Usman does. Usman's got two losses in a row. Uh, the second fight, he didn't look as good as as he did in the first. I mean, the first fight, it was the ultimate... You talked about a Hail Mary earlier. It's the mm-hmm. ultimate Hail Mary. He was he would have won the fight if another 60 seconds had passed, right? Yep. And and he never would have fought Leon again, so he wouldn't have lost he wouldn't have lost two in a row. But the second fight, Leon had him figured out. So Usman's there's it's not like he fell off. He's still this shit. But he's going up, fighting Hamza. I want to see Hamza fight a 185. That's the only yep. thing I have toward this is I wish it was just against the 185er. And if it was, cool. It's not though, fine. I'm gonna yeah. be stoked about it. But to jump Jared Cannonier to jump Duplessis, come on. It's crazy. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. The the title implications of this fight are nonsensical yeah. in my mind. However, the actual matchup is is just awesome. You know, Hamzat, the the story's gonna be the wrestling in the gas tank. Yep. Because Hamzat blitzes people, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what he does. And He's going to oblige, he'll oblige somebody in a firefight. Yeah. Right. Cause he took Burns down once and then was like, cool, I know I can do that. Let's just stand up and fight each other now. Right. It like it, it was really an amazing fight. <laughs> awesome fight. Re watching that. This has been one of the most fun weeks of research okay. that I've done because there's so many great fighters on the card. But re watching that fight, one, I don't think it was as close as we remember in the moment. Okay, you know, I, I, yeah, like I don't think Hamzat was as hurt as we remember in the moment. And this narrative that he's hittable is crazy because it's, it's one fight where he decided, hey, I'm just going to stand in a phone booth and bite yeah. somebody. He holds like the record for not getting hit in all of his other fights and, combined. And that's probably, you know? yeah, that's insane. But that's probably why we, how I remember it being like, oh, it was close because he actually got touched, mm-hmm. which is Something to say. Yeah, Yeah, something we hadn't seen. And he got hurt. Like, I'm not going to downplay that either. But the when you look at Usman, one, I think the narrative on the second Edwards fight, re-watching it, and I watched it this morning, a little different than how I remembered it. Okay. I remembered it being a essentially a domination by Edwards. It really wasn't. Mm. It really wasn't. Now Edwards dictated range with his kicks, which not going to be something Hamzat does, right? I mean, Hamzat kicks, but he's a boxer primarily yeah. in the stand-up game. So that's going to be very interesting because Usman couldn't close the distance against Edwards. But in boxing range, I mean, Usman has that touch you, stop you in your tracks power. Yep. And he's going to switch stance as is Hamzat, which is going to be really, I want to see what happens there as far as how the wrestling applies to that as, as both guys are switching stances. But I thought rewatching the fight, I thought Edwards won, but I thought it was a much closer fight. And a lot of it was round three, I believe. Edwards has the fence grab. Yeah. Which they took a point, granted, but still one of the judges gave that round to Edwards. So it ended up being 9 9. Yeah. Well, who knows what would have happened if Usman actually has him on the ground the rest of that round or if he can keep him on the ground because Edwards did a great job of standing back up. But. That it was different from what I remembered, essentially, in with that fight. Yes, and then going back and rewatching the second Colby fight. Now Colby couldn't take him down. Mm-hmm. 
you know, he had the one, the argu- arguably the one that, you know, DC swears up and down was a takedown. It was. Uh, but apparently the matchmakers say was not, or the statisticians say was not. I don't see how. I don't but see But he stuffed the 10 other attempts yep. that Colby had. So the wrestling defense is still there. He still has that power. And he's used to fighting five round fights. Yes. So, so for him to be in a three round fight. Yeah. He he can he can empty the gas tank quicker. I think all those points right there is what makes this fight amazing because like I said, I don't disbelieve in Usman until we actually see him get beat up. Mm-hmm. Is Hamza the type of guy that can do it? Sure. He he seems crazy. Right? He seems like the guy that mm-hmm. can do yes. it. Until I see Usman not be Usman, he's only losing to Edwards and like one of them was it, it, it's just yeah. unfortunate. The way that one went down. The second one, you're saying it's closer. I I believe it because I don't remember Usman getting beat up. I just remember mm-hmm. him losing. I felt like at the end of the fight, I was like, I felt like he lost, but I haven't rewatched it. But if Hamzat fuck fucking Hamzats all over the place, this could be <laughs> this could be a terrifying thing. I also kind of want to see what he looks like at 185 to see kind of like again because we know. I, I don't think there's a world where the UFC goes, you can go back to one, 170. So mm-hmm. he's got to be doing things different where it's like, I might as well be bigger. If I'm going to be here, yeah. I might as well be bigger. I'm re- I am ready for this fight. I just don't like the outside of it. The, the yes. in fight, the fight when it happens, I'm going to be stoked. But the announcements afterwards, I feel like I'm... Because then what if Usman wins? He might not even want to be at 185. What's yeah. the point in making it a title thing? It's just weird. But yeah... I'm I'm I I know I sound like kind of like I shitting on the fight. The fight's amazing. The fight is amazing. I just don't like the outside stuff. Yeah, you don't. It doesn't have to be a number one contender fight. No, it right? does. You have you have two unranked middleweights fighting each other. Let it just be a, an awesome fight. If they would have marketed as like like how you said, if this fight happens two years ago, everyone's excited. Why aren't you guys excited now? It's like, oh yeah, you're right. I am excited about it for that reason alone. I don't need title implications for every fucking fight. Sometimes I just want to see a fight. Sometimes I just yeah. want to see a good fight. When Usman was talking about going up to light heavyweight, which seems silly in retrospect, <laughs> but when like when he was talking about that, the narrative was, oh, he's trying to duck Hamzat. Yeah. And now we crazy. get that fight. Yeah, which is, you know, like, yeah, very, very Usman's not scared of anybody. Hamzat's not no. scared of anybody. This is a great... They're, kill they're, kill yeah. everybody. <laughs> I can't wait to hear it, man. Yes, it's going to be awesome. Uh, and then... Main event. Now, here is one that as a rematch, I was more looking forward to the Dubronx 100 uh, Islam rematch. So bummed about that news. And yeah. the last sparring session of his camp, it's like, God, why this? That's how you know this fight. This this car was cursed. Mm-hmm. It's a shit. Yeah. yeah. The only thing missing was uh, Khabib Tony. <laughs> <laughs> But once again, it's a lightweight title fight. Um, so really unfortunate that that fight is off. Yeah, I get that they re- they wanted to do the rematch. I would have more so liked to see the Gaethje versus Islam Me fight. Uh, Gaethje turned it down, yeah. which I get, right? He Gaethje probably knows he's got one shot left to win the title. Don't do it on short notice. Yeah, get a full like th- yeah exactly. This has much more riding on it for Gaethje than it does for Volk because losing, losing this fight for Volk, no one's going to say he's not one of the best 145ers of all time, if not the best. So like his legacy is cemented. It can only get better. Yeah. Whereas Gaethje, like, you know, I get it. They offered it to Poirier, Poirier accepted, and then they didn't give it to him. But 
the fight here that we are getting is intriguing because I think the the way the first fight played out had it was very different than what I think people thought was going to happen in that fight. Now, I know you and I have very differing opinions on what the outcome of that first fight was. Sure. So, I mean, I and I rewatched it again today. I've I've rewatched it twice doing research for this and one was with the sound, one was without. Okay. And it made such a difference. Oh yeah, there was there was a lot of Volkanovski's doing better than we thought biased on that on mm-hmm. that on that card. Uh, before you get to the breakdown, I just want to yeah. say the reason why I'm not as excited to see this rematch is because if I wanted to see this rematch, I wanted to see it on full camps again. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to see this on full camps because this is it for Volk. He wants to go up to 155. If you lose twice now, it's it for you because then what do you have at 155? You have fights. You don't have any title implications. You don't have any of that. You're doing this off of 10 weeks. now. I know that he has the confidence in himself, what I like, but... I feel, you know, without putting too much thought into it in this moment, I just feel like Islam's going to have his number. And if Islam wins again and you don't put him at pound for pound, like, what are we doing? But anyways, you have two different experiences. We're watching it twice. Talk about yeah. it. Yeah. So with with the sound on, I I still thought Islam won, but I thought it was 3-2 yep. Islam. Because the the third round you could argue arguably give to Volk and and that's what the judges did, but there part of that I think has to do with the fact that whenever Volk did anything, the crowd erupted. Yep. So like Islam would take him down, and then when Volk would stand up, still being clinched against the cage, still getting kneed in the stomach, the crowd's erupting because he stood up. And I think there is some bias there to the judges. I, th- I think that you have that plus the fight not playing out as, as you expected it. The rounds were close unto themselves from what I saw. And with the sound off, I thought it was very clear cut for one. But the the rounds were close and rounds one and two for sure. I thought close, close, close. Islam took over in the last minute and a half yep. in, in both of those rounds. You know, the... Islam and uh, looking at it, they did not credit Islam in the official stats with any any knockdowns. Really? Yeah, which which is strange to me because the I'm pretty sure. Let me, let me just verify that so I'm not talking yeah, out of my ass here. Well. Um, but yeah, the because he dropped him a couple times watching it. Yeah, they they only credited Volk with a knockdown. Which is really weird because he he knocked him down more than once. So I I do not understand that at all. Um, but I I just thought Islam got the better of him. The, the first four rounds he damaged him. He was cut. You see Volk, especially like round four, it started and even going into round five until Volk dropped him at the end of the round and and you know finished the round on top. Once Islam was hitting him, you would see Volk starting to acknowledge it mm-hmm. of like, all right, this added up, you know, that one hurt me. That one got me. And I don't know if it's you would think that that would hurt Volk because he's acknowledging that he's getting hurt. But I don't know if it was just that kind of persona of like, I'm in here having fun. Look, you know, swayed the judges. But I just I don't see. I don't see the argument that Volk won that fight. So you only think Volk won round five? I think Volk, yeah, clear cut round five. 
you could give him round three. I'm about to say round three. You don't round. That's the one in question to okay. me. I, yeah. Round yeah, three I is thought, the one I remember being like, I feel like he won that round five. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not disappointed with that, but th- the only thing is, is though, is like, do you really think Volk's going to do better off a short notice fight against a guy that is ready to go in there and kill somebody for the last three months? And even though it's a different person, you're not, Islam's not taking anybody lightly, but he's not taking Dubronx lightly, especially off of after his last performance. Islam's mm-hmm. in killer mode and Volk wasn't. Do you think Volk's going to do better? It's why it's like this fight is not a bad matchup. It's just the the way it's set up yeah. i can't imagine that islam does worse i just can't i, I think he's going to look better and volk has to have the fight of his life which i think that volk was very close to having the fight of his life last time he's got to have mm-hmm. the fight of his life against a guy that's gotten better potentially yeah i, I just it's hard i i'll never doubt volkanovsky until until you know we start seeing him age and slow down mm-hmm. but like let's be real if he couldn't get it done the first time what makes you th- what what makes the UFC think that he's going to get it done now? I wish they would have just gave it to Poirier hmm. or you know Gaethje. Which Gaethje would have accepted? Well, but yeah. I don't because I understand where he's coming from, and it, maybe it's hard yeah. for him to make weight. It shouldn't be hard for Volkanovski to make weight. In theory, he's a one forty er So hopefully, this fight has the magic. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to be surprised if this fight isn't as close as the first one. Yeah, yeah. and I'm with you on that. And Volkanovski's coming off surgery. You know, <sighs> he had the hand surgery That's after his right. last fight. Yeah, and he's fighting sooner than like people thought he was going to be able to fight. This could be a fight of the year. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But I I think the way I I foresee it playing out is the gap between the two furthering. You know, I I thought Islam clearly won the first fight. There's this great narrative that, you know, oh my god, Volk's not getting manhandled like everyone thought he was going to and he hurt him and he finished the fight on top beating yeah. him up. Like there yes, there's this fun narrative there. But I think rewatching it, I think Islam's the better fighter. And I think I think Islam underestimated him a little bit initially. So. Not even like, and I get that camp is gonna do everything that that they do. But you know, the talk coming in, he's short, this little guy, you know, all of that. I think Islam was probably surprised by Volk's strength, but I, I don't foresee that happening this time. I can't see either that. way, top two pound for pound right now. Well, two of the top three. John, John Jones. Jones. Yeah. But two of the top three pound for pound right now, and we get to see them fight. So fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. Just not under ideal circumstances. And, and and that's that's the only thing. Fucking awesome. Not under ideal circumstances. I'm I this fight doesn't fill the hole of Islam Dubronx, though. It just doesn't. Agreed. Like it, it Agreed. is because almost Usman Shamayev does, right? It does fill mm-hmm. the hole, except for the other shit outside of it it actually does for the whole you're like this is a great fight i love this matchup this one doesn't quite do it hopefully hopefully islam doesn't take too much time off after if he wins after this mm-hmm. and dubronx heals up and we can see that sooner than later because that is the one that i'm really really stoked to see but i'm always going to be a volk fan I, I there's no way in my mind that i'm going to hate on the guy i can't wait to see him walk into the cage i can't wait till that thing happens how can it be a better fight when it happened in february i don't know but mm-hmm. what if we're sitting here talking about how close it was again? It's just gonna. It's there's nothing to lose for Volk, so I'm I'm I mean, happy. When you talk about him walking to the cage, I will not forget this time that it is going to be to land down under. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so very excited. See, about I already that. forgot, man. Already it forgot. catches me off guard every time. I will not be caught off guard this time. <laughs> That's Might be short notice for him, but I'm prepped. Um, but yeah, I, I do hope he can come back. Maybe at 
300 if he gets this win. Turn it right back around at 300, take on Dubronx. That would be awesome. And I know Volkanovski has said if he doesn't take a ton of damage in this fight, win or lose, he wants to turn it around and fight at 297 against Ilya Teporia. So we might still get that. It is going to be, I mean, that's a three-month turnaround. So, you know, I wouldn't be the best for Volk because then even if he wins this fight, there's going to be that narrative if Teporia beats him. Yeah. Right. But awesome regardless. Yes. Awesome card coming up. This card, awesome, this, awesome this card. could have got trashed, and people stepped up. Thank God they mm-hmm. did. I'm still stoked about it. Since it's a pay-per-view and we have to pay for it, I'm not mad that this is something that my money is going towards, so I'm happy. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm happy. Oh, yeah. And then we do have some fight announcements this week. Uh, just some very intriguing matchups added to the Leon Colby fight. We do have number 15, Dustin Jacoby, taking on number 14, Alonzo Menafield at light heavyweight. Fun top 15, light heavyweight scrap getting added to that. So that'll be good. And then UFC 297 taking place January 20th in Toronto. Uh, No headliner announced for that yet, but they do. You're going to get a title fight on a a Canada card. And we'll probably see proper Mike Malott back on that card, which I really would be looking forward to. His his pop Uh, was amazing. I I can't wait to see it. Yeah, but the fight that has been announced, uh, another Canadian fighter, and this is at middleweight. We have power bar Mark andre Barrio, who was supposed to be fighting Michel Pajeda um, on this past week's card. He is going to be taking on top 15 fighter Chris Curtis. So that is going not to be a fight. Man. <laughs> no, not an easy fight at all. That's going to be a fun one. And then we have some fight night announcements coming up on January 13th. Fight night card. We have a bantamweight fight. The return of number 12, Ricky Simone, taking on unranked. Wouldn't be unranked in any other division, but because it's bantamweight, he's unranked. Mario Batista. So we have an awesome, awesome bantamweight fight there. And then our next fight night. So we have UFC 294 coming up. Then we have a UFC week off. Not a week off for the podcast, but a week off from uh, UFC fights. And then the next fight night is the November 4th card in Sao Paulo, Brazil. We have a couple changes there. Uh, Nursultan uh, Rojaboff is out against Kao Bahalo. And Abus Magomedov stepping in on short notice. That should be an exciting fight. I see this as a more advantageous matchup for Bahalio uh, fight nerds uh, just because we've seen Magomedov gas out yep. and Bahalo is going to grapple you till you die. So I think a little more advantageous for the fight nerd himself, but uh, excited for that fight. And then, damn it, we talked about it when this fight was announced that it was announced too early and eventually it was going to change. And they decided to wait until we're like two and a half weeks out. <sighs> Curtis Blades, a bunch of injuries just started mounting up, and he eventually had to drop out of the fight. And now for Maladino, Jailton Almeida, a very different test. You're going from arguably the best big grappler in the heavyweight division. We do have to qualify everything when it comes to grappling at heavyweight now because of the presence of John Jones. Uh, but you're going from that to Derek Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> so, Fun stuff, man. Yeah, so you're prepping for a big grappler to a the biggest puncher in the history of the UFC from a statistical standpoint. Um, and so a very different test for Jailton Almeida. Uh, you know, he's a bit undersized as a heavyweight. He fights generally in the 230s. Derek Lewis is going to come in in the 250s to 260s. Uh, and we saw Derek Lewis has great timing on the uppercut. If you're going to try to shoot, 
Ask Curtis Blades. It's not going to be fun Oof. for you. So interested to see. I know Almeida had spoken previously about he was excited to show his boxing in the Blades fight. Not going to be the best game plan, I would imagine, if he's going to stand and try to box with Derek Lewis. But he's going to have to enter in somehow, right? He passed the test against uh, Rosenstroik, but I don't... That's a whole different world Derek, that you're facing here with Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis is different, and he's there to take your head off, and he does it. He does yeah. it. He is. You can't get hit by him. Almeida cannot get hit by him because even if you think you can take a punch, maybe not. You can't get hit yeah. by him. That is. It's still a fun fight, but Almeida Blaze was was awesome. Yes, was and awesome. yeah. God, I hope it gets <laughs> like rebooked. Yeah. yeah, that's one that like I'm. Genuine. I read that on on X, and I like I got sad for a little bit. Yeah, it I was like, oh, man. When you when you told me, and you were like, it happened. It's like, no, dude. It's but Derek Luce is always in fun fights. Almeida is seems to be that guy. It's still a great matchup. Just the Blaze Almeida. We like. Yeah. That's the one that needed to stay. So. Yeah, and it's a five rounder. Yeah. It's the main event. So Almeida, you you either have to get him out of there or mind your p's and q's yep. for twenty five minutes because you know Derek Lewis. It doesn't matter how exhausted he is. Ask Volkov; he carries power late in the fight. So intriguing matchup, just very different. And I was really interested to see Almeida's grappling against like true heavyweight grappler. We'll have to wait for that. But what we are not going to have to wait for is an outstanding card this week. Oh, we have. We already went over every single fight has something intriguing about it. We have amazing, amazing prospects. We have fun fights. We have a light heavyweight bout with title implications to it. We have a middleweight bout that would have been a welterweight title fight a couple years ago that apparently has title implications to it, but ultimately is just an amazing, amazing fight. And then we have Number one and two in the UFC pound for pound ranking. Sorry, John Jones, uh, but we have them in the rematch. A ton of very, very intriguing, exciting fights. I'll remind you guys again on Friday, but do not forget this is an Abu Dhabi card. It is starting the prelims at 10 a.m. on Saturday, main card at two. So you get to watch violence and then go about the rest of your Saturday. Anything else on your end? Yeah, we just we, we're not really talking about one of the big news is the USADA getting away mm. from UFC. We will mm -hmm. talk about that further as we get more information. Right now, USADA is done at the beginning of 2024. Drug Free Sport International is going to take in, but we don't really know too much more details. We don't know what it's going to look like. We've talked about it. We don't. What USADA has this thing where they test anybody anytime. There's there's great things with that. There's a couple downsides. Paul Acosta getting tested during weight cut, Volkanovski getting waking up, stuff like that. But as a, for me, as a, them coming in and cleaning up the sport, it has been a positive thing. So I hope that this transition keeps that positivity because I like what you saw to brought. I like the confidence that we have that these fighters are clean. It's my personal opinion. I know Jared, you agree with that. Like, we just like it. We'll talk about it more. We want to at least give you guys the news, but we'll talk more in depth once we get a little bit more, a uh, little bit clearer vision of what's going to happen with this transition. And just one note on that. They did state that the guy that's going to be in charge of the program was the guy that was in charge of the interrogations of Saddam Hussein. So they're going to have guys like waterboarded. <laughs> Did you take EPO? Did you take EPO? Yeah, I did. I can't breathe, man. Yeah, yeah. Took everything. So, so you, you might have some people just admitting to shit. This is going to be wild. Uh, but as always, 
Appreciate y'all for listening. Love and respect. Later.